Hey everyone, Ryan here. You know, a couple years back, Selena and I were in a tough spot. So we started praying for one another. And what we realized is the more we prayed, the more we changed. The more we submitted our hearts to God, the more our hearts were transformed by Him. Being able to talk to the living God is such a wonderful gift. So to help couples experience the power of prayer in their marriage, we've created the 40-Day Prayer Journey. To learn more, go to 40prayers.com, and by God's grace, it will be as transformational for you as it was for us. That said, enjoy this episode. I just can't get it out of my head, this idea that the home is society's forge, Mm. that it's where young souls are formed, it's where... Disciples are made. Fabric, yeah, the very fabric of our society is starts in the home. Mm-hmm. I feel like so this work that we're about, it's fueled by that that thought and that realization. And I, I don't know, I, I this especially this conversation around the home. Right. I feel like we talk about what is the home itself. We talked about a lot, you know, on this podcast, discipleship between husband and wife. And on the parenting side, we talk about discipleship from parent to mm-hmm. child. But what of the home space itself? Yeah. What is the makeup of the home? What is the purpose of the home? Regardless of the structure of your actual physical house, whether it's an apartment or whether you know, you're know you in a condo or a house, whatever, what is the, the space itself? How does it lend itself to discipleship? I think the case can be made that our home does reflect uh, the quality of our marriage relationship. And so I guess the question here today is who who are we reflecting in the space of our home and why? Um, are we reflecting ourselves and our own efforts, or are we uh, taking that next step to be intentional and understand how our home can reflect and glorify God? So we are, we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Think of a time when you felt extremely welcome in someone else's home. I know yeah. one example that comes to my mind, it's, it's going to sound like a crazy story. It is a bit of a crazy story, but it's not meant to sound impressive <laughs> by any means. We were in Switzerland uh, the second time we went there. Some people know our story, how we went there. We moved to Switzerland after college um, to kind of chase a dream that Selena had <laughs> of being an au pair slash groom for this amateur horse riding facility. We didn't have anything to lose, so we just sold all our stuff, moved overseas. I got really sick, had heart surgery. When we went back... Okay, that, I know it's a long story. I'm kind of glossing over <laughs> a couple a lot. years later. <laughs> we like, Wait, we went back. Yep. <laughs> so we ended up going back. Yeah, three years later, and we were able to have dinner with my heart surgeon. Mm-hmm. His name is Doctor Tavakoli, and he uh, he's this Iranian guy, and he's this amazing heart surgeon. He had studied at the Mayo Clinic, all this stuff, but he welcomed us into his home. Mm-hmm. And the irony of it was that I was actually able to share a cigar <laughs> with him because <laughs> he's he's all about cigars. Apparently, as a heart surgeon, surgeon it's really kind of ironic. <laughs> but uh, just how welcome we felt in their home, to mm-hmm. the conversations that they 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 carried on with us. I don't know. Right. They shared with us their family and they made a special meal uh, mm. that kind of reflected their culture and kind of their heritage together um, as a family. So it was 
it was really special because I don't know that you know a lot of doctors these days that invite patients that they've done surgery on into their home. Like, yeah. what an anomaly uh, for that. But it wasn't, again, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily like the space. The space was a great area to facilitate, but uh, the space was augmented by the interaction and the relationships that they had with one another. So, listeners, we want to ask you guys some questions to kind of get this conversation started. Before that, why don't we do some housekeeping listener i, I want to let you know that the fierce families ecosystem the well, i say families i mean marriage and parenting mm-hmm. we continue to kind of seek the lord and evolve lord willing uh so much of that it requires a lot of work behind the scenes mm-hmm. and that would not be possible without just the morale boosts that we get from people who take the time to leave a rating and a review. Uh, So thank you. If you haven't done that and you want to, I guess, talk back at us, we would appreciate that. Leave a rating and a review uh, as you feel led. Also, we have our really close knit patron community. If you go to uh, fiercemarriage.com slash partner, uh, you can see what that's all about. But I just want to say thank you. I think this time around to all of our patrons who have already jumped on board with Mm -hmm. us and who have in some cases been on board with us for years. Yeah. So we would not be here in this place without our patrons locking arms with us behind the scenes so that we can continue doing the Fierce Marriage podcast. And we started the parenting one this year, Uh, but also all the things that we're building behind the scenes so that we can continue to serve you, our listener, well, and other folks on the worldwide interwebs. (laughs) So thank you so much. That's our housekeeping. Leave a rating and review. Go to fiercemarriage.com slash partner if you want to join arms with us. And then the final piece is uh, gospelcenteredmarriage.com. Mm-hmm. That's our online learning platform for married couples. Go there, check it out, and find a plan that works for you there. Did I miss anything? Uh, I would just add share. Share this podcast. Okay. Share it, link it, tag people in it. If uh, we, We're on social media, of course. And so if you see something that you know somebody needs to hear, tag them, share it. Get, let's get the word out. You know, God's design for marriage is purposeful. It's full of intention, full of mm. sanctification. Um, and marriage can be really hard uh, unless there's a higher purpose and a, a bigger goal than just our own happiness. So as we dive into this discussion today, uh, we want to kind of start out with a few questions just mm. to get you thinking. Um, so when people come into our home, listener, so you're thinking when people come into our home, what what do they see? Do they see us living on mission with one another? Do they see... You know, and it's not like you can control their perspective, right? <laughs> right yeah. But you can you can be aware of that as you're, you know, planning and plotting your home and the look and feel, but also just the culture I think should be at the top of that. So when they come into our home, do they do people see us uh, working out conflicts in front of each other, right? <laughs> how do, how well do we do that or do we just stuff it down and like get through it and then we'll deal with this later, you know? Hmm. What um what are those ways that we resolve conflict do they see us caring for one another do they see us caring for our home um and what is that how does that priority fall are are we caring for our things more than Mm. our people um so what do you what do you um see the purpose of your home one way i like to think about this is what's the temperature of your home Mm -hmm. right the and i don't just mean obviously the physical temperature but the the warmth that someone feels when they come in because you I mean, we could share probably many stories of mm-hmm. times when we've gone to someone else's, another family's home. Uh, I, I'm thinking of some of the times I've been in even different cultures in Central America mm-hmm. um, and into and in Mexico. You go into these homes, and the, you know, in terms of material wealth, there's a lot. There's not a lot to show for 
in their in their home. There's yeah. not a lot of material wealth to be had, but the relational wealth, mm-hmm. the hospitality that they show you, it feels like a warm, welcoming place. We've even been to some homes that are of very wealthy people. Yeah. And the opposite is true. Not now. There's not a correlation. If you're if you have a nice home, it doesn't mean you have a cold. <laughs> no, home. we're just trying to. But to make, make that point. contrast, yeah. it's not about the home itself. It's about the temperature of it, the, the emotional, the spiritual temperature, right. the hospitality temperature of that home, and that is just one aspect of it. And we'll talk about this kind of the, today and then in coming weeks. Right. But the temperature of the relationships within that home, yeah. and you had mentioned it, is how do you deal yeah. with conflict? Yeah. Uh, we were at a, uh, a a family life event last weekend. And one of the uh, speakers there talked about um, how they they had a bunch of people over to watch their kids. So they were high school pastors. They had some of the high school or the young adult singles come and uh, watch their kids so they could go on a date. Mm-hmm. Well, on the way to their date, they got in this huge fight. <laughs> and so they never actually went on the date. They came back and they had to kind of answer for kind of why, where, why didn't you go on your date? What happened? Yeah. And they had to say, well, uh, we had this fight. And they ended up kind of resolving that in real time. Mm-hmm in the middle of having these singles. Now, granted, he was a pastor. They had relationship with these people. But the point is, even when you're having conflict, there's a certain amount of warmth that comes about by being in a covenantal, Christ-centered, gospel-centered marriage and gospel-centered And as believers, I would just interrupt and say that we don't have to be ashamed or hide uh, our conflict. We can resolve it uh, with confidence and Mm -hmm. even say, hey, guys, we're just, we're kind of going through a rough time and we've had some, just being transparent and owning that I think is good and okay um, and even can be an invitation for them to ask for prayer. So before we dive too quickly into this, we are on this new series about the home. Last week we talked about missional moments and kind of uh, picking apart those moments and identifying them within our day with our spouse. What are we missing? Are we defaulting too much to uh, other things rather than being intentional about connecting with our spouse? That was kind of the theme mm-hmm. there. This week we're talking about the makeup of a home and we're going to answer three questions, which I will get to in a minute. Um, and then the next couple of weeks we'll be talking more about how to bring people into your home and the Uh, tool that hospitality is as far as being an evangelist, but also blessing and building up the body of Christ Um, and then sending each other out and sending. What does that look like? It's not, it's not, it doesn't have to be just going to work. I think there is more purpose and depth to be had there. So um, we talked about the moments inside the home last week, like I mentioned the missional moments. And now we're going to talk about how we can be better stewards of our relationships and time together within the home. So this week we hope to answer three questions. Uh, The first one, what is the home? The second Mm. one, what is the purpose of a home? As believers, there should be purpose and there can be purpose there. The third one is how can God use our home? So, Yeah. Uh, You had mentioned this word stewardship, and I just want to make sure that that's clear across the board. It's kind of part of our family's vernacular, if you will. Mm -hmm. We use that a lot. We're not owners. We're stewards. We don't own anything. God owns everything, and we are just stewards of the the things, the people, the the moments that he places Mm -hmm. in our lives. And so... That's what you're saying is how do we, uh, how do we, how can we be better, how can we be better stewards, excuse me, of our time together in mm-hmm, the home? So mm-hmm. by stewards, we mean it's kind of this happy relegation of that responsibility, like ultimate responsibility Yeah. that God makes the moments, yeah. God owns the moments. And we as co- co-laborers with Christ are called to steward those moments right. for gospel gain. Yeah. And we will be held accountable for how we spent those moments. That's the yeah. That's the sobering side of it for sure. (laughs) Is that there? You know, not not a single moment is wasted in God's economy. And my hope is that I would 
contribute to that and not have to be the thing he has to redeem all the time. Yes. (laughs) But like having been redeemed in real time. So, so scripture doesn't necessarily, you know, point out, Oh, you should put this chair here in your house and you should, you know, put a mirror here and do all, it doesn't necessarily say, here's how to set up your home. Right. But Mm -hmm. it does speak to how we should live with one another, both inside and outside the home. Mm -hmm. And we're going to obviously talk specifically right now in this conversation about life inside the home between two people who are married. Um, We see this, uh, and the Ten Commandments, you know, there's there's rules for living, there's rules yep. for relationship, the vertical relationship with God, and also the horizontal with others. Colossians uh, 3, uh, beginning in verse 18, talks about rules for Christian households. So things that will, identifiers, I think, that will set apart the Christian household versus the non-Christian household. Um, so we do see some instruction there. And also in Ephesians 5, again, we see rules for husbands and wives um, and these rules are not uh, to diminish your joy uh, and love for one another, but it's actually there to augment and to uh, thrive, preserve, protect, and build up uh, the joy that can be had and shared uh, when we walk out our roles faithfully that God has given to us as husband and as wife. So again, we see, did you want to read? No, I'm just ready to to read with you. Yeah, let's read Colossians 3. Why don't you start in 18? Okay, well, thanks for (laughs) putting me here on this one. Here's how I'm just going to be the messenger here. It says, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting. Do you want me to read that? (laughs) (laughs) Might be more. I'm already in. I'm already in. Already in. Uh, As is fitting in the Lord, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents and everything for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. So we are going to hang our hat here on this group of verses. We're not going to focus on submission today. That's another podcast hey, go episode. Back, actually, go yeah. back a few episodes. We talked about roles. Type that one in. That's a good one. <laughs> um, but we are going to kind of sit here on this in this area of the, he's laying out children obey your parents, right, right, in everything. Husbands, love your wives in such a way that they will see Christ glorified in the way you love your wife. Um, bond servants or people, you know, that work with you, or I, I don't know how to translate that essentially to it, it, just, if you're a worker, work as if unto the Lord and bringing glory to him in your, in your, how you carry yourself, uh, within the workplace. Um, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. And I think that's the key right here yeah. for what we're talking about in the home. When people are coming over, um, your kids, when they're watching you, is this just an, uh, a way of being a people pleaser or eye service? I mean, we really have to take the time to examine our motives hmm. uh, and how, why we want to re- love each other this way and why we want to love each other in a sacrificial way and not just in a, I feel good, you feel good, so I guess we love each other, right? It's not based on feeling. Yeah. Not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. So, I have you ever been to a Christian home, and and yes. it's clear, <laughs> and it's it, well, uh, and they would call themselves Christian, and you're over there, but it's clear that there's not a sincerity of heart, and there's not a fear, a healthy fear of the Lord. There's right. not a, a a humility 
And we're not talking about humiliation, but a humility that comes from knowing our place mm-hmm. before the living and lasting God, the everlasting God. And so I, I just find that so um, interesting. And that's an understatement, but in, in Colossians 3, it's all about putting on the new self, mm-hmm. right? Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And he goes into a whole list of things we put to death. And then it, it, it naturally follows this kind of rules for the Christian household, right. right? So in our hearts, in our guts, something is changed as a result of truly knowing, beholding Christ right? and being in him. And that wells up in, within us and it puts to death puts to death in us things that are earthly, things that are sinful. Right. And then it's almost like it's radiating outward now well, into it's the like home. The Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is then being produced right in us. You can't, you can live out Christian values, but again, the sincerity of heart um, can go, it can't go unnoticed, right? And so I'm right. not saying we're judging each other's hearts and homes, but what we are seeing and what the questions we're asking is, what is the what is the fruit that's being reflected in your home of mm. of you and your relationship with your spouse? Is that one that is yeah. uh, reflecting that you pursue the Lord together? Is it one that reflects that we I submit to you and you love me sacrificially? Like both both of those are a call and a, a death to ourself, right? And how we love one yeah. another. And yeah. so your home will always reflect what you and your spouse value. They will always reflect it, and so. Again, are they? Are we keeping up? Are we living our way, our life in such a way that is God honoring, and people can see that? I know we don't do it perfectly, but we those are things that we have agency in, and we can strive to live in to better. So, um, yeah, our home doesn't have yeah. to be just a place where we eat, sleep, do meals, get ready for work, and go. It is not just a, a place. I think that there's just so much more that we can um, grab hold of when it comes to living our life in this place called home. So question number one, uh, what is a home? Hmm. What is a home? And you came up with this question and I was a little like, this feels simple. Like what's a home? And then as you try to answer it, you're like, well, love baby, you know, it's different. It's a different (laughs) answer for each of us because depending on your family of origin, home might not be a great place uh, of good fun memories. Right. And it may be, it should, I would say it should have some, element of just the hard and the difficult because that's just life with other right. people living so right. closely but uh it can lead to conflict if our if our home our um sorry our family of origin is different mm. i think a lot of our conflicts can come when we have different expectations or there's past pain or frustration there um which can lead to avoidance and kind of the the surface level living and then you know but if god's doing a work and the holy spirit's in there trying to produce fruit you 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 can't stay that same way you just yeah. your marriage will not survive on uh just the surface level yeah information. I, again yeah there's a lot of nuance to this conversation because some like you said could have yeah negative uh home experiences so when we ask this question what is a home my first thought is a home is is a safe place it's a mm. place where you go and you can kind of let your hair down you can relax you can be yourself in the truest sense of that term i think maybe another a better way to phrase it would be home is, and coincidentally the word home is in it, but homeostasis. Mm. Like where are you at rest? So Mm. if you think about an an environment that's at homeostasis, it means that it's, it is in its resting state, like where it needs to be, to be kind of in the, in in the healthiest spot. Right. right? Um, And so the home is, is going to inevitably be 
your homeostasis as an individual. So if you if you have if you grew up with parents that uh, had a lot of anxiety or depression, mm. like your homeostasis was probably a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, mm. right? And so the question we want to ask here is: as Christian married couples, where can we find our homeostasis, and how can that be reflected in the home experience, in the home environment, in the in the spaces that we occupy, in the spaces we create, mm-hmm. and so. This is a call back to the gospel. It's a call back to what Paul is talking about in, in all of Colossians mm-hmm. chapters 2 and 3. It's what Paul is talking about in Ephesians, that putting on the new self, that you were dead, but now you're made alive in Christ. If that true reality is our homeostasis, is where we find our truest identity, then that will inevitably become the homeostasis of our home environment and experience. So you said it kind of in the opening. Um, for us, kind of a home is the place where society is forged. Right. And I think you had another quote that I really liked, and we can get to that in a minute, but uh, what do you mean by that? Society is forged in our home. Like if our home is a safe place, ultimately a God-honoring place, um, then ideally it would be a a place where we can grow. Right. We can sharpen one another, right? And be forged. So I don't know. Just paint. Take a minute. Paint that picture for us. Well, I I don't know. I I contend. I guess that in the home, in the interactions that happen in the home, in the moments, even the private moments in the home, that is where the men and women, the children that make up our society, that's where character is created. That's Mm. where character is cultivated. Rather, Uh, that's where (laughs) truth and ideas are worked out. The big questions of life are worked out. I think the other the other phrase we've been throwing around a lot lately is not only is uh, home society's forge, we, that's something we've yeah, said many yeah. times up to this point, but we said this last week and it's that uh, the home is an outpost for Christian, like for the soldiers of Christ, yeah. right? So the home is an outpost for the soldiers of Christ. And so, yeah, and that's what we mean by that is that right. it ultimately whatever happens in the home will shake out into society and mm-hmm. will begin to forge society. It won't be for 20, 30, or 40 years. But think of all the thought leaders of today, the people in the institutions that are leading our children as they go off to college. Mm-hmm. Those people with those ideas that are taking and, and internalizing those ideas to a point where they are now uh, they're helping others internalize those yeah. ideas, yeah. namely through institutions, okay, <laughs> government, through uh, education, through the institutions of the church. All of those people were children at one point. All of those people were told and taught a code at one point yeah. to varying degrees of strength. And obviously the codes themselves are, are different. We're all about the Christian home, the Christian vision for the family. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I'm hanging, we're hanging our, yeah. our whole lives on this truth that if we just help other couples live out faithfully biblical truth in the home, that it will shape our society in 30, 40 years time. And tangibly speaking, I mean, we, our marriage has grown in a lot of ways. And especially when we had children, I, Mm. there's just a lot of questions that come around mothering and education and how to parent and which we can talk about in the next episode. But from a marriage standpoint, I feel like you, Mm. we've practiced this, you know, I might get down, I might be frustrated about some things, but he's really good at seeing the long game. And he's really good at reminding me in those moments that it's not just about this moment. It's not about the frustrations Mm -hmm. of today, but we are forging, which means it's going to take time. It's going to be day in and day out, which 
is is a bigger encouragement to me than hey good job i know it sucks like just keep doing what you're doing right well the analogy holds up because (laughs) a forge is a place where you know weapons are made and tools are Mm -hmm. made and if you think about what's put to work or i guess the work that is done within a forge it involves a lot of hammering a lot of heat <laughs> fire a lot of a lot fire of sh- a lot of and so it's in tools. those moments when we are really struggling that i i believe that that's when our souls yes. are being forged and yes. the thing is are we going to the, the hot fires of scripture are we going to mm. those fires to be refined or are we going elsewhere yeah because and, that really does frame out our purpose for the home and what we believe it to be uh which kind of gets into mm. this next question of what is the purpose of the home Uh, we talked about how home can be a place of growth Uh, it reflects our values uh, as a married couple Um, it's also you said one thing when we were um, you said one thing when we were discussing this that the home is both static and dynamic right Uh, I my take on that was that I feel like there's a high static meaning that there is a high level of predictability that uh, I know you're right. going to stay here in this marriage. It helps me feel secure and confident. I'm not concerned about uh, you leaving or going somewhere else. But then the dynamic aspect might be this growth of like spiritual and emotional because we have right. the predictability, because we have the the static day in and day out. Um, it then provides a foundation and a launching point for us to be able to grow uh, and change. Yeah, the picture that comes to mind is a mighty oak tree. <laughs> like those trees are static; mm-hmm. they're not going anywhere, uh, but they are also growing constantly. In fact, I was just outside blowing <laughs> millions of leaves because we have a mighty, two mighty oak trees, two in our, mighty oak trees. on our property. And boy, do they like to shed their leaves this time of <laughs> year. But they're static in that they're not going anywhere, and they're beautiful, and their strength comes from their being planted. Mm-hmm. But also, they have to be dynamic in the sense that they're always growing and the the leaves are coming and going and the acorns are falling and right. the acorns right i'm pretty sure they're yes acorns. they're acorns but there's an internal there's an internal growth that's happening right. and so i think that's much more uh true to describe that's that's a that's a great analogy for describing the home because mm-hmm. it's the tiny microscopic habits the microscopic moments that truly do determine the strength of our of our resolve, the strength of our characters. And we've talked about a lot about the being seen uh, by other people, but yeah. I think these are the unseen moments. And, you yeah. know, when a, when a tree is in winter and there's no leaves growing or anything, there's still growth happening. Right. We just can't see it. And so do we believe that growth is not happening in those moments? Hmm. Depends on what you value oh, and the scriptures, so, right? And what truth actually tells us. I just want to say, you know, husband, how do you speak to your wife in those small moments, those in-between moments hmm. when... Maybe you're not having, you're you're not having the smoothest, you know, past couple of days, past couple of weeks. When you can tell that your wife is sad or that she is needing you, husband, are you in those moments, those invisible moments, are you adding to the growth of your wife as she, you know, becomes this mighty oak that that she (laughs) could be? Or are you instead killing that, that growth? Yeah. And so, because maybe we're not we're not imbibing or taking in the word of God the way that we should, or internalizing it the way that we should. So, yeah. I think this is the small moments, and of course, all this translates into parenting as well. Yeah. Which we're talking about marriage here, so I'll leave it at that. Right. And I guess again, just to reiterate that our responses to people being in our home, our responses to conflict, hmm. uh, ultimately reflect that which we have been taking in, and that which we have been um, allowing to 
occupy our space and our time within us. And so if, if scripture is that thing, if um, prayer is that thing, worship, coming together with the body, then the fruit of the Holy Spirit being at work will be seen in our responses, be mm. seen in how we live out. Um, again, this is a talk about reflection uh, and <laughs> in the home. It really is. a. Uh, we talk about temperature, the mm-hmm. thermostat and the thermometer of the home. The temperature of the the, the, the readout on the thermostat, mm-hmm. it, it just it just states fact. Like, it does. <laughs> if your home feels warm from an emotional, spiritual, yeah. I mean, literal standpoint, it's because there's a source of heat somewhere. Yeah. It's so telling. If it feels cold, then Christian, that's a call to us to look, oh, to look to our thermostat. Mm-hmm. So how am I setting the temperature? Husbands, I'm telling you now specifically, how are you setting the temperature in your home? <laughs> are you opening scriptures? with your wife are you opening these scriptures by yourself are you on your knees ever by yourself where no one can see that's where you're setting the thermostat in your home and uh that's i think while we look at the space of home itself that's why it's so important to look at it soberly Mm -hmm. and not just looking at the externalities of it the decor and the you know the type of house yet but really who are you in that space Mm -hmm. that is such an indication of who you are truly and what christ is doing in you So question number two, I kind of touched on it, but I'm going to bring it back up to the surface here is what is the purpose of Mm. a home? What do you and your spouse believe the purpose of your home should be? Um, For us, when we were looking at this space that we're in now, it really was, it was a dream that we'd had many years ago, but our hearts weren't ready for this kind of thing. We weren't ready to have a little bit of property and, Mm -hmm. um, I don't think we would have stewarded it for God's glory. It would have definitely been for Ryan and Selena's glory. And so um, <laughs> when this piece of property came up, it's a very rare piece. It's not very big, but we've got a little bit of land in the city and God has been so gracious to us. But we looked at it and there's a shop there and we're like, wow, we could... Like a, like a large a garage. A large garage. Yeah. We could we could store our books there because right now we're, we're some of our books that we ship out, we have to pay for rental storage. And then... We were thinking, you looking around the property, wow, like home educating here is going to be awesome. <laughs> we're so excited. Right. Um, and at the time, too, we were meeting, and we still are, we were meeting at people's homes uh, because of the pandemic As and a doing church. church. Yeah. And wow, look at this big space that we could have people over. So even in the just looking at you say big space. I want to be clear. The shop itself is where our church gathers. Sorry, yes. Our house, the shop is actually bigger than our big. house. Yes, it is. The living space is, is smaller because the shop, they just had such a massive shop. And I say, <laughs> I tell the story just to kind of, even before we signed yeah. papers on any of it, the purpose, we had already kind of felt this like this tension of like, we're content where we're at, but God is growing and he's doing something here. And yeah. we're not quite sure what, but his, again, his perfect timing with the... I want to say spiritual maturity, probably, of our hearts mm-hmm. uh, and our lives. We were in a place, by God's grace, that we could actually use this place for his glory. And a friend of ours, he always says, like, blessings are not just for you. They're not f- just for you. Right. They're always for those around you as well. And so learning to steward that that piece of property and to honor God in that uh, has been a journey, at least for me, <laughs> if I'm yeah. honest, you know, because yeah. we're Same. we're kind of used to our own little space, and now we have this this gift. And so, how are we stewarding it well for His mm-hmm. glory? Yeah, and I think the second we we start to kind of clench our our decrepit fingers around <laughs> the the precious, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's when we start to turn into a golem in a right. sense that we turn into a monster because we start we stop giving glory where glory is due. 
We stop giving power where power is due. And instead we take glory and power for ourselves. And that translates itself into really subtle spaces in the home. And you have in this, in the rundown, he says, uh, is the purpose of your home to show off your wealth to others? Like that's a, that's a heart check. I mean, I, I I don't know what what I have. No, no. I don't want to say that we have all this wealth and that's what you were wrestling. I mean, God has blessed us for sure, but I'm, that's not what we're trying to ask say here. Ryan and Selena Ryan this question 10 years ago. And I don't think we would have had a very good answer. Even 15 years, 15 years ago, I'll say, I think God's really been gracious, but we, I don't know that we would say we have a purpose for our home. That kind of sounds silly. Like, isn't we just, we, we live together and we raise kids together and we eat funny, and yeah. go to work it's, and to go to church. And, but what is the purpose of your bit, home? It's almost a bit odd. I think how we've begun to view our home as Truly like a military outpost, like a <laughs> barracks. <laughs> like, this is where the soldiers sleep at night. This well, is where the soldiers eat. Where this is where would, we train If you were the enemy, them. if you were the enemy, yeah. where would you go to yeah. begin deconstructing society? In the home, in marriages, in yeah. between children Amen. and their parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's clear that the home is a forge. It is a place where God's so, army is being raised up. And if you're the enemy, I want to continue that line of question. If you're the enemy and you can't get at the husband or the wife, mm. you know, because they, you know, they've got their integrity in, intact and they're looking to scripture. Maybe you try to get at the children or maybe you try to get at the space itself. So mm-hmm. instead of uh, getting at them necessarily, you know, individually, instead you've just filled the home with so many distractions, mm-hmm. material distractions, entertainment mm-hmm. with distractions of desire, meaning that uh, we, we want this to look nice, not because it's stewardship, not because it's about creating a space for us to be discipled and disciple others. Now we want this to look nice so we can impress others mm-hmm. so that we can siphon off some of that glory for ourselves. Mm. And that's, I think, a tactic, uh, what's the word? Tactic. A tactic, thank you, of the enemy to keep us distracted, right? Yeah. And as, as much as we love Chip and Joanna Gaines as much as the next person, like a lot of that's kind of that side of you know decor and all that can become a distraction. It's definitely not bad in itself. And we don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Chip and Joanna like are Joanna. nefarious in there. She's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so the point is, is Pinterest and Instagram, all that stuff can be such, be such a distraction from yes. the true, the true purpose of the home. Agreed. So. Agreed. Um, I just want to say, I think one last thing on this point, or maybe a couple things. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think there's the kind of this pendulum swing that we have to be careful about. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, um, sometimes we might start caring too much about our home and then instead of tending to the souls that are within it. But then we could also, I would argue, maybe too, care yeah. too much about the souls and let everything else fall to waste and not, um, again, be good stewards and in, in taking care of our home and creating a place that is inviting and hospitable to others. So I definitely think there is mm. a balance I won't shame anyone if they are more on the let's take care of our kids side than our house because there's truth in that <laughs> on oh, some level, and, right? Yeah, we're not trying to be prescriptive, but they're not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. I think is what you're saying is that you, and this this will go into the next two weeks when we talk about what you know the ministry that happens inside these four walls and the ministry because of of what happens here now will happen out there, right? And if we are, you know, if our four walls are falling down, mm-hmm. so to speak, because mm-hmm. we're not caring for what God has placed into our stewardship, then that's that's a that's a red flag too yeah. like if we're you know me- people are messy i get it. we're we're pretty messy like right now our house is in a pretty big mess because we just got back from the, a trip and it uh, takes me weeks to unpack sometimes <laughs> i'll just be honest <laughs> yeah, but in general i feel like you know when we have order and there's cleanliness and we're not talking about being <laughs> sterile in yeah, terms of you know yeah. 
but that lends itself to the other activities that we're talking about here. So it's definitely consideration. It's mm-hmm. not an ultimate right. uh, means to the end of discipleship and things like that. So Right. So again, just to reiterate our purpose, the purpose that we believe um, the home to be is that it is a place that can facilitate growth. Mm-hmm. It is where society is forged um, here now and, of course, in the future for God's glory. Um, it's where we rest it's where we can mm. hang our hat. Uh, but again, it's also the place where Ryan and I work out our issues around communication. It's where we learn to love each other with that yeah. 1 Corinthians love of patience, kindness, gentleness, forgiveness. It's the yeah. place where the Holy Spirit, uh, I would argue, works the most, depending on how much you are in the home. But I, I it just feels like it's that place yeah. that while you're there, this you're not interacting with anyone out there it's just you your guard can be down you can rest and this is where we can quietly meet with our savior right this is the place where we live out those commandments of loving one another of honoring god of glorifying him uh it's not something we do just outside the home or we do at church or we do you know at school or at work or whatever it's this is the place that god is wanting we i want to glorify god this is the place where i want him to be known and i want to teach deuteronomy talks about this of um teaching your kids and we always do it on fierce parenting maybe we should save it for that (laughs) yeah basically every aspect of the home and every aspect of our lives is really about this end of knowing god and making him known both to our own hearts but to others and to our children now it's an all-encompassing and i want to say one last thing about um the home because it, it this is the place where I learned how to reconcile and I think that's important for us to know how to do with each other uh, with our children with others around us and this is these are the practice grounds like this is where it happens yeah. and you're gonna have to learn to reconcile and repent because nowhere else in society do you live with someone for so long and have such an intimate relationship but I did hear one thing about this at this conference they said that conflict leads to intimacy hmm. and I'm not talking just about sexual intimacy but conflict can lead to intimacy. So if we're constantly avoiding conflict, I think we might be robbing ourselves of some Absolutely. intimate, closer, uh, transparent moments with our spouse. Just think of any relationship where one person has, I'm thinking of a specific distant family member who another family member said that that person has never said they're sorry hmm. for a hurt. I mean, we're talking decades hmm. and I can tell you firsthand witness that that relationship between those two people there's no closeness. Mm-hmm. There's no genuine relationship. There's yeah. no genuine friendship. Yeah, they'll be cordial. They'll hang out. They'll even give hugs. But there's no actual relationship. Right. So if we don't figure this out, and, and that's what we're saying right now is in the home is a space where you, can you practice repentance. Yes. You practice reconciliation. You learn how to live the Christian life. Live out your beliefs. First, yeah. one with another, right? Yeah. With your spouse. And man, what a gift. And in doing so, God is so gracious in that he doesn't just say, good, you know, repentance, good. We say, no, I'm going to let that be an avenue by which you become closer as husband and wife. You experience deeper intimacy, deeper levels of even pleasure, emotional pleasure, physical pleasure, that the, that it all arises from this living out. Imagine that, living out the things of God, the mm-hmm. way he designed, how they might actually lead to our flourishing on every level. And I can't I remember it. if it's in First Peter or James, but they will they will know you. Uh, by how you love one another, right. like the mark of a Christian life. And I would mm. argue a Christian marriage is how we love one another. Mm. And so living, learning to kind of wrestle with those hard moments, those moments of tension, conflict, uh, frustration, uh, learning to wrestle through those 
be committed to reconciling yeah. and repenting and seeking forgiveness uh, will lead definitely to greater joy. Uh, it's not easy, but the only way out is through. So, But if we see, I want to jump on this real fast. If yeah. we see the home as just the place where we go and relax on the weekends mm. or in the evenings, it's just a place where we invite friends over to have dinner and have fun. It's just a place where we store all of our toys <laughs> between excursions, between right. adventures, between hobbies, whatever. If we see it as just that, we're missing something huge mm-hmm. in this. A home is a place where, again, souls are formed, mm-hmm. where society is forged. And if we recognize that, then we start seeing the other things that are just distractions for what they are. They're distractions from that. Right. We really begin to see God's plan and purpose unfold mm-hmm. and the things that he values, which consistently contrast with what the world and our culture values. Right. And so what we'll do then as parents and even as a married couples, we'll say instead of just going to the easy thing, which honestly, it's just to turn on Netflix or somehow watch The Office, right? That's that's the easy default thing or to uh, just get through dinner. Instead, we say dinner is a strategic time in our day mm-hmm. when we connect as a family, when we connect as a couple or the kids are down. That's a strategic time in our day for us to connect on deep mm-hmm. levels, not to just veg out. Some of that stuff is good, but I'm just saying that when we, we see the strategy yes. behind it, okay, there are moments to to sit and be, and that's yes. okay, and that's good. Thankfully, um, but we would encourage you to not have that be every night and be aware of that. So, well, and I think if you embrace what we're talking about here, that you wouldn't even have to, we won't have to tell you that. You would just know it intuitively that yeah. this this time is valuable for things that are eternal, not just things that are temporal. So, so the first question we t- we asked was, "What is a home?" The second question we've asked and kind of discussed was what is the purpose of a home? And this third question I think is really, it's the kind of the fun part and the, the, it elevates your thinking about and your creativity. I should, I think it should encourage your creativity of how can God use our home? That's the Hmm. third question. How can God use our home and our relationship? I would add, um, we'll, we'll dive into more of this next week, but I want to just kind of talk about, uh, have you and your spouse discussed this or thought about this? Uh, we, <laughs> a funny story, uh, a couple <laughs> of years ago, a lot of years ago, actually, uh, we used to live in Southern California. We had a two bedroom apartment. It was very nice by many standards. Um, I went to Young Life and I was a volunteer leader. I went to Young Life camp and then I was going to be in charge of these campaigners, which is a small group for these teenage girls. And a lot of them came from wealthy families, big houses, you know, gated communities, all that kind of stuff. And I lived in this two bedroom apartment and I came home and told Ryan, I was like, babe, we got to start looking for a house. And he's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I said, we got to look for a house. Like we're, I know we may not be here forever and ever, but we've got to find a house. I need space for these girls. We got to do Bible study. We got to pray. We got to like seek the Lord together. And, and we're literally living hand to mouth. Like I was doing web development. We were getting, I remember getting checks in the mail the day before I had to write checks for rent. <laughs> but still, we need a house, right? This yes, is my so mentality we'll in Southern California, happen. one of the most expensive uh, counties in the United yes. States somehow. So <laughs> you were so great in reminding me consistently <laughs> that we don't have to have a perfect home. I cleaned our apartment as best I could. I made it nice. I made it warm uh we made food together mm-hmm. to the girls it was not about where we were meeting they could, they could it was a, they, we, yeah. yeah it was about who we were meeting with and the content and the relationship that we were going to experience together yeah. in learning and growing in the things of god and what would you say about the ministry that happened around that square table that we had 
Square bistro table. Square bistro table. It was bigger and better than I ever could have imagined. I remember, you know, I tried to stay away because there's like 10 teenage girls in my (laughs) my little tiny apartment. I had, I I usually went for night runs, I think. Yeah. I went for uh, trail runs. And I remember coming in and just seeing some of the ministry happening and how, yes, you're absolutely right. I will just attest that the the ministry that happened in those, in that tiny apartment, Mm -hmm. uh, I think parallels or, you know, uh, rivals any ministry we've had yeah in any place we've lived yeah there's no replacement so. for the face-to-face and god was so gracious in growing me as a leader and growing me as a just a person mm-hmm. to say oh i don't need to have the perfect everything we don't need to have a big house to have these girls they just want to come to some place that they get to go on their own and we mm-hmm. get to learn and pray for each other and know each other and read scriptures together and learn how to read scripture so hmm. all that to say the God can use any place, right? He can use an apartment. Mm-hmm. He can use your bedroom, a one-bedroom place. He can use whatever he wants, wherever he wants. Because, again, it's not about the place. I And that's not to take away, again, from creating a home. I think there are beautiful joys in that. Uh, it is just to say that, like you said, the temperature of our home isn't determined by the size of our home, Right. And it's not about the place. It's about the space. Oh, there it is. If it rhymes, you got to say it. No, but the space being, you know, what the interactions that are happening there, the warmth that we talked about. um, Again, yeah, just don't get hung up on, like, you have to have the perfect Pinterest, Instagram house to be able to use it for the glory of God. And I would even challenge you to take whatever reservation you have in that regard and just... Throw it in the enemy's face mm-hmm. and say, I'm going to use every ounce, every jot and tittle of my life for the, to be wrung out for the glory of God, for this mm. discipleship work that Christ has put our hands to, and just watch how he uses that. I'm so. going to just read a few points because I wrote them and I like how they sound written, right, so I'm going to read them to you. <laughs> if you think your home is too small and unusable, we would encourage you to stop looking at the size of your home, but ask the Lord to help you see how you can build the quality of your marriage and the relationships within your home. Mm. If you have a larger home and are feeling sticky-fingered and struggle with being hospitable because you like things just right... Hello, Selena. Hello, Selena. (laughs) Then open your door and take a risk. Invite your small group. Have your church over every week. Uh, Have a few couples over for dinner. Learn to be hospitable because oftentimes our blessing, like a home, is not only a blessing for us, but also those around us. Hmm. If you already see God using your home for his glory, ask for more wisdom on how to continue being used in new ways or old. Just be a willing vessel. God can and will use whatever home he wants for his glory. Hmm. It's just better to be on board than that. (laughs) I love that. He will use it. He will have his glory Mm. and he will have it through even our homes. Mm -hmm. And so our prayer is that you would embrace that and you would walk alongside one another in that as a married couple and that you would experience the joy that is to be had by being a marriage truly on Mm. mission Mm -hmm. first to disciple one another. And that's, I think, where we've been focusing today. And next week, we're going to talk about even that even more, the ministry that happens within the walls of your home. Uh, and then the following week will be bringing people in is that in first is, is next first, week next week yeah and then sending out yeah and so do do join us for that this is this topic I think more than any other enlivens Ryan and Selena we love that's why we do fierce marriage fierce parenting so anyway I think that's do it do you want to leave the couples conversation challenge uh yeah what is it <laughs> oh, okay so here it is couples conversation challenge <laughs> what do you think about your current home life with your spouse ask yourselves this are there ways you could live more unified and on mission at home 
And what might that look like? So discuss mm-hmm. that, have a candid conversation around it, uh, and uh, may that bless and honor one another and honor Christ in your marriage. So um, let's pray. Okay. Father, thank you for um, the gift of experiencing um, your hospitality. You mm-hmm. welcomed us first and foremost into your house, into your home um, as adopted sons and daughters of the living God. So Lord, may we um, take that truth, that um, that existence that we share as um, son and daughter of you, and we, may we see that lived out in our physical homes here on earth, God, that we could love one another well, that we could practice mm. repentance, reconciliation, um, the actions of love and being patient and kind toward one another so that we might be built up and, and we might grow in maturity mm. as followers of you, Jesus. And, and as a result, may we uh, reach out into our communities um, and bring others in to our home to mm-hmm. experience that same grace that you've so generously given to us. Lord, I pray for the couples who are experiencing a brokenness in their home and it, an amount of discord and um, and an amount of chaos, may you bring peace to that storm. And may you be- begin to um, rearrange uh, the pieces of that home to better uh, reflect um, what you might have for that couple. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, thanks for joining us for this episode. Uh, I'm actually happy to say this. I don't know if this video is going to make it out, but we are recording <laughs> video we right now. We are trying to record video. So if we sound different, and it's more, ooh. yeah, it's <laughs> a little weird. Yeah. It's very weird, but it's we're weird trying to <laughs> to see how this works. And eventually you will be able to find these videos on YouTube, on, on the YouTube, on the YouTubes that we uh, joke about. And we're, yeah, we're working hard on that end. So anyway, thanks for joining us for this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast. This episode is in the can. We'll see you again in seven days. So until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.